0: They're multi-country, they're multi-entity, the way that they the financials worked, I'm intrigued that their CRM might have a lot more power to it than what I had thought it was. And like you say, if you're especially a mid-market and you're and you're connecting the CRM is is, is in is internal to the ERP and you don't have to do an integration there, that's pretty that's pretty slick.
1: Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. One thing is the most consistent about ERP systems is that you will always find surprises and that is even true for systems that may be well liked or rated. Also, it doesn't matter how versatile A solution could be their design would make them a natural fit only for certain industries. If you make assumptions about any ERP systems, it's likely to fire back. You might think that systems as well adopted as NetSuite may not have limitations and might work for most industries. Well, that is not true. While it's great for certain industries, it struggles in other patches. So what are the core strengths of NetSuite? In today's episode, We invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to discuss major stories in the ERP and digital transformation space and an objective and independent review of NetSuite's capabilities. We covered several grounds, including their strengths in finance and global multi-entity capabilities. Finally, we reviewed their distribution and manufacturing capabilities and where they are not as strong, especially with their deeper manufacturing capabilities, such as their builds of materials, costing, and scheduling. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series, for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And we always have a bunch of stories from the ERP and digital transformation market that we analyze critically. For today, we have a vendor called NetSuite. And that is going to be so exciting to dig into why companies love NetSuite so much. On that note, we are going to start with everybody's intros first, and then we are going to dig right into the story. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. At Elevate IQ, we are the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with business process re-engineering. It's going to be system selection, contract negotiation, enterprise architecture, system architecture, ERP project recoveries, and ERP
0: implementation. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro. Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. Phil Kerper with Ringling Business Solutions. Uh, we help executive teams align their digital transformation processes with their core business plans. Um, I'm coming off over two decades in the C-suite and mid-market companies, uh, helping drive technology into those companies. And I've got a lot of uh, a lot of scars and a lot of background on ERP implementation and looking forward to the conversation today. Okay.
2: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next?
0: Absolutely.
3: Thank you, Sam. My name is Andy Pradico. I've been in the ERP business with specifically manufacturing small to mid-sized manufacturing companies for forever. And uh, I have a lot of opinions in regards to why companies are successful and sometimes not so successful with ERP software. And I have a published book on those topics. And you might not agree with everything I say, but at the worst, I'll make you laugh.
2: Okay, amazing. And uh, you're always fun to hang out with. Andy, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, So we are going to dig into these stories for today. Uh, But if you are in the audience and joining for the first time, uh, if you have any questions or comments, make sure you are going to be posting them uh, on LinkedIn or YouTube, wherever you are watching. Our panelists are going to be watching all of your comments. They will respond to you during the show. Or if we run out of time, then we will get back to you after the show. On that note, I am going to start with first story. And this is one of the biggest. Story that we have seen so far in the market, and that is always going to be if a company is going to select an ERP system, typically they don't publicize it as much. And this is the story coming from uh, Microsoft. Microsoft has chosen SAP S4 ANA platform for their ERP, and there are a lot of different layers overall to this conversation why Microsoft would decide to do that. So we are going to be discussing all of those layers. So number one is when we look at the the market overall, if we look at the enterprise space, we always had just two players, SAP versus Oracle. That's a classic debate that was in the market. There were not the other solutions that were as localized or globalized or capable at least for dealing with the large enterprises or the public companies because they are going to have very different needs overall uh, in their capabilities. If you look at the cloud native capabilities, the majority of the analyst firms have rated Microsoft way higher in the list, okay? Sometimes Microsoft is ranked over SAP S4 HANA in the list than SAP S4 HANA. And by the way, there is a distinction here. In this particular case, this is SAP S4 HANA cloud, which was always rated much lower in the list And the reason for that is because everybody sort of in the market and the community felt that SAP S4 HANA Cloud was behind overall in cloud capabilities. Now, if the sizable company like Microsoft, which has, I don't know how many employees, I don't know if there is going to be another organization that is going to be as big. I mean, there are only, I think they are probably in the Fortune 100, if my recollection is right. So obviously, if, if they can handle the needs of Microsoft, any of the Fortune 100 companies are probably going to be suitable for SAP. But before we conclude that, you need to understand that for an ERP, the industry functionality is extremely critical. In the case of Microsoft, Microsoft is a professional services firm. The need for the professional services firm is going to be very different than your traditional manufacturer, distributor, retailer. In Microsoft Dynamics 365 FNO product is targeted primarily for the manufacturer, retailer, distributor, they do have a very strong PSA component as part of that, and they do sell to the professional services firms. So your assumption is going to be that any company that is going to be this big, why would they have such a massive uh, news for their own ERP? Now, uh, here, when we look at the news here, they're saying Microsoft has chosen to adopt the Rise with SAP solution on Microsoft Cloud, shifting the company's SAP ERP software systems to SAP S4 HANA Cloud. Private addition, Microsoft is the first public cloud provider to adopt Rise with SAP internally to transform some of its law SAP ERP deployments. Now, pay attention to the words here. So it's saying, Transform some of its SAP ERP deployments. So I do not know if the entire corporation was on SAP, maybe they were partially on SAP, partially on, and that is the nature of most enterprises. They are probably going to have multiple deployments, multiple ERPs. So I don't know, but I mean, if this is going to be such a uh, big news, I don't know if this is the overall corp-wide announcement that uh, they are using the SAP for consolidation. But for the organization like Microsoft, you probably need the financial control, the Starman's Oxley functionality that we reviewed last time when we reviewed SAP S4 HANA. And we knew that you know, SAP S4 HANA is going to be far superior solution for these massive companies because they are going to prefer the financial control over the operational functionality. Microsoft 365 SNO may be great solution for, let's say, if they are not public uh, firm, they are not as large, it could be a great solution for the operational functionality. But if you are purely buying for the financial functionality, SAP S4 HANA is probably going to have an edge. Here, they are also saying that these include SAP factors solutions. Now, Microsoft does have its own HCM component, and they try to promote that a lot. Uh, And that's pretty good. And that's what I have heard in the community. So I don't know why they would choose SAP Success Factors. when you already have the integration layer that could integrate uh, with Microsoft solutions. So I don't know why you would do that, but it seems like they are building the whole core with SAP S4 HANA. They are also utilizing SAP integrated business planning and SAP IBP is one of the most comprehensive integrated business planning tool out there, and a plan is pretty good, uh, but SAP IBP has always been very, very, very good for the planning and forecasting, at least from the finance, uh, and when you have to forecast the human resources, that's where the SAP IBP is going to be super helpful. Obviously, they have supply chain as well, and they have to, I don't know uh, if they were not confident on Microsoft's capability for their supply chain, but seems like they are using SAP to manage their supply chain as well. They are also using business uh, technology platform and the other SAP solutions running on Microsoft Azure. Now, there are some layers to it. Number one, the even though you might feel that Microsoft might want to promote their own products, but the Azure workloads, okay, when you are looking at a lot of different SAP workloads, they are always going to have some sort of Microsoft component as part of the deal. So even though these guys are competitive from the ERP perspective, but they are always going to have Uh, a lot of collaboration happening underneath and Microsoft and SAP are very, very tight overall in their relationship because I don't know whether you guys remember or not when they had announced the common data model uh, between Microsoft, SAP and Adobe. I don't know where that news is, to be honest. Okay, it sort of disappeared. I don't know if they are still opening the floodgates uh, for that collaboration. That may be the next thing that may happen. Uh, But there was a news when SAP, uh, Microsoft and Adobe were sort of trying to come together because they had the other competitors, which is going to be your Oracle, Salesforce, Microsoft uh, You know, is gonna compete with Salesforce. So that's why these vendors were trying to align themselves with Oracle, Salesforce. And uh, uh, there are some more that are going to be in the Oracle and Java ecosystem. Here you have the companies and maybe AWS, Uh, Because that's going to be Microsoft's competition as well. So you almost have these two-party system in the ERP community, uh, which is very fascinating and interesting. So this news, to me, it's probably not a surprise. And the reason for that is because Microsoft is a massive enterprise; they have far deeper collaboration with SAP, and that's the reason why they have decided to go for it. It does not mean that Microsoft 365, Microsoft Dynamics 365 FNO is going to be better product or Worse product than SAP S4 HANA, they all have their own places. But if you are a large enterprise, as large as Microsoft, then SAP S4 HANA probably is going to be a better solution for you for the financial
0: control functionality.
2: Now, I can go to the next story. I can take any comments. I'm hey, taking- Sam, uh,
0: so according to the internet, 181,000 employees at Microsoft, 60% in the U.S.,
2: And that's a massive employee base to be able to handle in the HCM solution. And I don't know how well-penetrated Microsoft's HCM solution is to be able to handle that kind of workload. And they are going to have far deeper compliance needs in many different countries. I don't think Microsoft Dynamics 365 FNO is localized and globalized as SAP. SAP has far deeper compliance especially when you are looking for countries such as Europe, it's a, it's a different world altogether. And we are going to review all of that in suite today and that we are reviewing. If you want to operate in Europe, it's, it's, it's just very complicated geography.
3: I think this just goes to show you that uh, how small ERP is in the whole Microsoft portfolio. They're so huge and they've got
2: so many things going on. ERP is just one little section agreed completely yeah and for them they are always going to be caring for everything for them azure is going to be the priority because that's where they make most of their dollars the more azure they are able to sell in fact the only reason why they are selling erp is because they want to sell more azure um, so they are incentivizing their sales reps are actually incentivized to sell azure uh, erp is not their bread and butter but for the erp companies they that's going to be their bread and butter right guys so if you guys don't have any other comments i'm actually going to move to the next story the next story is also coming from sap and this is the the old acquisition that we had covered in the past and this is the sap signavio so now i think that the integration is done and this is very interesting overall what they are able to do but again i call this as more of the enterprise uh, you know problem This problem is probably not gonna exist in the SMB space. Uh, The enterprises have very different problems, and that's why the kind of acquisition that SAP likes to target, the capabilities that SAP likes to build are going to be very focused on those large enterprises because they have very different problems. So here they are saying SAP today announced availability of experience-driven journey to process analytics. The new offering correlates experience data from user surveys, whether customer suppliers employ with underlying IT systems, this is going to be giving companies the ability to understand how best to optimize their end-to-end business processes for both operational excellence and customer experience. Now, when you look at this story, it's slightly confusing because when they had acquired Qualtrics, or at least my assumption was that Qualtrics was for the customer experience analytics that's what uh, you know did the the customer surveys and that could actually get the customer experience data as part of your operational workflow but then okay so what is SignaView again <laughs> so i was really confused when i looked at this story but if you actually look deeper into the story then you will know it's very different from how uh, what Qualtr- qualtrics is going to do so here They are saying, while business process management solution, and typically the business process management, the BPM solution, they are going to be slightly at the process level. You know, there are many different solutions out there in the BPM space. Sometimes they like to sell themselves as enterprise architecture tool, depending upon who they are targeting. Sometimes it could be just the marketing messaging. Uh, Sometimes they could be just the same tool. Sometimes they are branded as BPM. Sometimes they are branded as enterprise architecture okay depending upon again the audience so here they are saying while bpm solutions provide a starting point for managing change and underlying inner connectivity among operational systems they often can can uh, you know paint a full picture and that is right as well bpm is going to give you the process map it's going to give you your the business process perspective the data perspective the information perspective the technology perspective great okay but when you are looking at correlating this with your data and figuring out, okay, what is really going to work for the customers That's where the real gap is. And it seems Signavio is trying to solve all of that. So here they are saying by connecting experience data with operational data, our customers can now uncover the impact of process changes on end users and have the tools they need to optimize outcomes. When I read this, I feel this is exactly what Qualtrics did. But there is a subtle difference, I guess, you know, because this is more of the uh, overlaying data on top of BPM as opposed to overlaying, it's simply gathering the data and combining that with your ERP. Yeah, I don't know where this is going overall, but seems like they might be able to do something to predict the outcomes of the customers. Here, one more comment that I have highlighted, which is going to be based on the success of the recently launched SAP Signavio journey, journey modeler solution and customer journey Uh, When you look at more from the customer journey perspective, obviously, there are a lot of different customer data platform out there. They do the customer journey mapping. So seems like this is going to be slightly different, a different twist. So hopefully this is really going to be, okay. how I can bring that operational perspective and how your customer journey is going to be impacted because of your uh, tweaking of the operational processes. I know it feels as if we are going all over the place, but hopefully this can do something. Uh, SAP is expecting a significant uptake and will be working closely with its go-to-market partners. I don't know if you guys have any, any comments unless I, I see the implementation. It's very hard for me to be able to comment if there is a real value to, to something like this. Uh, I don't know, Phil, Andy, comments?
0: Uh, You you did a good job on this one. When I read it, I was confused. (laughs) So so you did a good job on this one.
2: (laughs) All right, guys. Any other comments? Otherwise, I'm actually going to move to the next story. Okay. So we are covering some of these stories. And these are the real stories that I personally like. Because these are the stories where companies have already won. And we like to see if that is really aligned or did they really oversell. So in this particular case, we have two stories coming from IFS, okay? And in my mind, when we look at IFS, we have already positioned them in that airline MRO ecosystem. That's where their depth is. That's where their real strength is. And we have two stories, and these are one of the massive airlines that have chosen IFS. So great job for IFS as well as for the airlines that they have chosen the right solution for them. So here they are saying IFS, the global uh, global cloud enterprise software company today announced Japan Airlines maintenance and engineering subsidiary. So it's only for one subsidiary. I don't know if they are going to be doing this uh, corporation wide, but obviously this is one of the best asset management solution out there for the companies that are going to be performing the maintenance on way larger assets, much bigger assets. Okay, so the typically IFS is performing this on aircrafts, satellites, you know, oil wells, that's where IFS plays. So here they are saying this subsidiary has selected IFS to support fleet-wide long-range maintenance planning. Uh, The IFS solution will provide long-range planners with the unified information insights. They need to quickly develop and share regulatory compliant fleet maintenance plans. Guys, now that's a big deal, okay? Many have to develop. Regulatory compliance field fleet maintenance plans, not many solutions can do that. Okay, you might feel that, okay, ERP, I can get anything, I can get any asset management. But when you get into the depth of the ERP functionality, this is where you need to invest a lot to be able to develop this on vanilla ERP. And that's the reason IFS is the right fit here. And look at the depth of the capabilities that they have. Here they are saying plans that best support aircraft availability, task yield, and hangar utilization for nearly 200 aircraft. If you are going to go for any other ERP, they'll probably faint by just looking at these needs because that's how deep they are. This is pure industry functionality. It's going to be very, very hard to implement this on vanilla uh, MRP and this is where IFS really shines. So if you are buying IFS for manufacturing, you are not really justifying the depth of the solution. Buy IFS for your MRO. That's where their sweet spot is and that's where their depth is. The IFS planning solution replaces uh, JL Engineering Co. Limited. They had some sort of uh, uh, on-prem home-developed solution, I guess. The IFS solution will allow the engineering team to manage more uh, aircraft with reduced human intervention due to an efficient user experience reduction manual process, real-time alerts, automated processes. A lot of fluff out there. Uh, That doesn't mean anything. But sure, uh, they can definitely help with that. Deployed in the cloud, IFS's planning and maintenance solution will improve visibility across the organizations by providing real-time planning updates. And guys, real-time planning updates, in my mind, is a big deal, especially when you are dealing with those large assets and when every minute is going to be critical for you. If you are getting the real-time planning updates, that's a big deal. Here, they have also mentioned the some of the the impact of key strategic decisions in the organization, such as modifying aircraft, induction retirement, adjusting resource levels or changing utilization levels, while also comparing key performance indicators. Okay, so guys, when you look at this one, aircraft induction retirement, now you could relate this with your the whole cradle to grave process. A lot of ERP companies might think "Eh, easy, you know, I can do that. But when you get into the nuances of the aircraft, you know, that's where you will require very deep functionality to be able There's to do There's a lot of formulas
3: this. behind that statement. Exactly, exactly,
2: exactly. Adjusting resource levels and changing utilization levels. When you are looking at the utilization levels of the aircraft, okay, I don't even want to be in that project, to be honest. that That's how complex it is probably going to be. Okay, now here we have some more comments here. They have the MRO strategy. They are aligning With IFS's strategy, IFS is definitely developing very deep functionality for the MRO segment. Good job, both of you. Uh, The latest selection affirms the fact that IFS is trusted by some of the world's leading airlines and MRO providers to support fleet-wide maintenance planning and operations. Good job, both of you. Uh, Any comments I can take? Otherwise, move to the next story. Okay, so the next story is coming from IFS as well. And this is coming from, this is the... Viva Air uh, has selected IFS to support maintenance repair overhaul. They are also similar to what uh, your other airline is. Uh, they have selected for this one as well as one of the Latin America's leading low-cost carriers with the ambitious expansion plans across South and North America. Look at the kind of uh, you know localization that you are probably going to be needing for the Latin American market. And then here they are saying they will deploy IFS software to support maintenance planning and execution across its growing fleet of aircraft the airline currently operates 21 airbus and a320 new aircraft with fleet size expected to more than double over the next five years now again when you look at the this market this is where ifs is going to have real depth the advanced after uh, maintenance software was required to match these aggressive expansion plans. IFS, MRO, and fleet planning software will provide visibility across the entire Viva uh, Air network, bringing multiple disparate systems to a single view in order to efficiently scale at the organization. Again, there are a lot of companies that might be able to make that, those claims, but when you are bringing all of the subsidiary of an airline together and you are doing this, that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, so great job that they have selected the IFS to do that. It was decided IFS provided the best technological solution for the Latin American market, particularly in terms of providing support for a single airline operating with multiple air operators' certificate AOCs. Okay, pay attention to the term, guys. Okay, that's where the real key is in terms of the solution. Okay, this is where the differences in the business processes are going to be. That's where your critical success factors are going to be. Whether an ERP is going to work for your business pro- uh, process or not. With further EOCs planned, that's a very unique to to your MRO market. IFS provides uh, VBA with a strong cloud-based foundation to grow lockstep, uh, okay, fleet and route expansion in the years to come. Again, that's a very complex business process, and they have many similar customers, uh, including your Latim, Copa Airlines, Cape Air, PSA Airlines, anybody airline. IFS is a great solution.
3: (laughs) Any comments, guys? Uh, Yeah. The the one comment, you know, IFS is not an inexpensive solution. It's it's a top-end system. But it's interesting that this company, Viva Air, is uh, (laughs) one of the least expensive airlines in uh, Central America, yet they're going with such a first-class ERP.
2: So I think Phil might be able to comment there just because of the offering is cheaper or you are targeting consumerized market, it does not mean that you are not gonna have deep pockets.
0: Right, Phil? Absolutely. And this is a if there's such thing as a mid-market airline, you can just look at the number of planes they have. It's it's not a huge airline. But I, I think you I think you nailed it. I there there's certain parts where you gotta spend the money. And and you know, this type of functionality that IFS has, has is you know, you know, you're getting what you need in the airline business. And I thought both those articles just really showcased these guys know their lane.
2: Yeah. And just on the pricing comment, Andy, so here's what I am going to say. OK, none of the ERP systems are going to be inexpensive. They all are expensive and they, they are expensive for a reason. If you really know what you are buying, OK, then you've got to pay for it. <laughs> it's They're for most
3: a expensive when you fail with them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why we are here, right? To to help educate people so that they can probably not fail with the implementation. Yeah. Any yeah. Hopefully comments? we
3: help a, le- a little bit anyways. Yep.
2: Any other comments, guys? Okay. If not, we are going to start our briefing session, NetSuite. Okay. NetSuite is obviously the post of style in general of the ERP systems. The kind of impact that they have made, uh, it's just enormous. The valuation that they have had when Oracle had acquired them. And remind me, Phil or Andy, I think that was closer to 9 or $10 billion, if I remember correctly. It was humongous valuation for a system like this when we had the comparable system, which is always, if you look at in the born in the cloud, cloud native category, there are only three systems. One is your NetSuite. The second is Acumatica. The third is Sage Okay. Sage impact. Plex as <laughs> uh, well. Sorry, what's it? Plex. They were born in the cloud, but they are very rarely marketed as born in the cloud because you know only three or four uh, get the for example, yeah. I mean Dcom is probably born in the cloud as well, but you will very rarely okay. hear them aggressively marketing themselves as you know, born in the cloud. That's
3: not their that's not how they market, you're right
2: exactly exactly so there are solutions in the market that are going to be cloud uh, native it's not just these three but these three are often marketed very aggressively that okay we three are people in the cloud okay so going back to
0: Netflix. say, if say you look, sam to answer your question 9.3 billion with the b dollars
2: love it okay 9.3 if you Phil, if you want to research on Sage in tax valuation that's probably going to be in millions and if my recollection is right I think that they were somewhere around 800 million or something like that. Now, look at the the overall impact of NetSuite and Sage and Tech. They probably are going to have similar customer base, to be honest. Right now, NetSuite, I don't know how many customers they have. They are probably going to have more than 20,000. Okay, Sage and Tech is probably going to have more than 15,000. Uh, okay, Acumatica is not closer to both of them. But if you look at the valuation of Sage and Tech, it received, NetSuite had received almost 10x uh, of Sage if my. Math is right here. I'm extremely poor at that, but hopefully I, I could pull this off.
0: Okay, so Sage's market cap is seven bill. Market I, cap? What was the money that Sage had paid? Oh, pardon me. Hold on. I'm in. I'm in sterling. Seven billion pounds, not dollars. So yeah, you're you're not far off. Sorry.
2: Okay, so what was the acquisition money that Sage had paid? I don't think they had paid
0: uh, seven billion. I, I really don't think so. Yeah, but that's pounds, too. That's their current market cap. So let me come back. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's current market cap because Sage had acquired them.
0: <laughs> so let's see what Sage had paid. I'll get right back to you.
2: Okay. This is getting really interesting. I think NetSuite claims
3: 40,000-plus customers, by the way, Sam. Uh,
2: I, I would doubt that. Uh, I don't know if those are real customers or the sometimes people are claiming entities. It's always tricky when you are that's
1: looking true. at the-
2: Sometimes even the smaller vendors, they are calling their users.
3: They might but have... You know what, whatever the number is,
0: it's a big number. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. They, they, they paid $850 million USD for intact.
2: And $850 million. And and you can teach me this, uh, Phil, because I am not as strong at finance, to be honest. Okay, it's been only two years for Sage. So they paid $800 million, and the market cap right now is already $7 billion.
0: How does that pounds. work? Pounds. You got to pounds, take that right? to pounds. So let me let me do more <laughs> you're working you're working me out today
2: <laughs> but overall if you look at the valuation and um, what I am trying to get to is you know netsuite had always had far bigger impact than any other solutions out there even in the cloud native category uh, and uh, NetSuite, if you talk to most of the at least in the e-commerce community they are big fan of the netsuite system the way netsuite system is Positioned. Now, uh, one of the things that I have always felt what NetSuite was really good at and what they did. uh, One of the things they they were really good at is obviously sales. There's no question about that. Okay, they really figured out how to work with the SMB customers. They really uh, you know positioned their offering for the SMB customers. In fact, I mean they sort of watered down the whole ERP market uh, in my mind because you know if you look at the ERP implementation. No company, no company, irrespective of whether you are going for NetSuite or it doesn't matter, okay? No company can implement an ERP in $30,000, $40,000 irrespective of whoever is claiming that. That shouldn't be the, the race that anybody should be competing because ERP systems, when you look at the implementation, they do require a little bit of effort, the training, and you need to think through what you are implementing because there are going to be real implications on your business. ERP system is not meant to be sort of the technical system. But NetSuite had figured out the formula, okay, how to penetrate the small to mid size market, even though the solution was much bigger and larger in size. And we are going to look at that. So typically, when I am thinking of the cloud-native system, I am always thinking, you know what? Most cloud-native systems are not there in terms of competing with some of the larger solutions. Uh, you know, for example, SATS for hana there's no way they can they can compete with them because they are not going to have as strong multi-entity globalization localization capabilities my understanding was always that you know what if you look at systems such as sap business by design okay sap business by design had far deeper you know financial control the way you are going to find in your sap s4hana it's probably not going to be as complete operationally as you are going to have products such as netsuite even though both of them are cloud native by the way we never spoke about sap business by design if you look at SAP Business by Design, that is supposed to be cloud-native architecture, We re- re-architected, redesigned. In fact, Business Central is probably there as well. They might not be born in the cloud, but they have been completely changed overall from their system perspective. Now, when we look at NetSuite, overall, from the positioning perspective, NetSuite was always targeted for the SMB, even though it was a much larger solution that could work with much larger companies that I don't think any other cloud-native Solutions are there yet to support these larger enterprises. Sage Intech might work for some of the larger professional services firms because that is targeted for the, the service firms. But NetSuite was targeted for the product-centric companies. They targeted a lot of different ones. Uh, for example, retail it was a big one. E-commerce, anything related to Omnichannel, DTC, that's where NetSuite really uh, you know, shines. NetSuite actually did really, really well in professional services. And that is very surprising because you would think that NetSuite is, is going to be a very commerce centric solution. They would not do as well in professional services, but NetSuite actually does well, very, very, very well in some of the larger uh, professional services accounts. And they have companies like Zoom uh, and a lot of other ones that are using NetSuite. Uh, companies as big as Zoom, obviously, those are all public companies. Uh, some of them. Um, is that so, is that core functionality
3: the field service or the service capabilities professional service capabilities? Pardon me. Uh, is uh, that core or is that a, an add on?
2: Just to be clear, uh, so field the professional services companies are not going to require the field services functionality. No, I, they,
3: I said I I misspoke. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just wanted to clarify that now. The in case of the professional services companies, when you look at the the newer companies such as SaaS, okay, they are going to require very specific feature set. When you look at things such as ASC 606 compliance, uh, Phil, correct me if I'm off here. Again, I'm speaking finance, I should not be. Uh, (laughs) So, when you look at the revenue recognition requirements of the new IFRS, uh, you know, the way your revenue should be recognized and the finance departments of these software firms struggles uh you know let's say if you are going to go for things like your operationally centric solution such as in for apicor even in case of manufacturing we have seen cfos struggling with the solution because it does not have really good support for E S C 606 okay they are going to have many other needs uh such as you know Sarbanes oxley we have seen last time how deep auditing capabilities that you require when you look at support for multi-entity that's where you know it's going to get really tricky so we are going to review all of that so Andy to answer your question NetSuite can work for a lot of different professional services companies because they have support for things such as subscription billing okay that you are not going to find in any other ERP system let me not say any other I think Sage Tech might have support for that I think Acumatica has support for that but again Acumatica is not globalized uh, as localized uh you know solution it's not as big as NetSuite. so there are uh systems that can support all of what the professional services companies are going to require but they have very deep requirement for the psa module and inside psa module and the revenue recognition and the finance functionality that's where the real trick is overall for the professional services company I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, so they might be using some add-ons, but but not as critical for the business processes. I mean, if you are using add-on for the inventory, (laughs) I'll have problems with that. Uh, You know, if you are a manufacturing company and utilizing add-on for the inventory, I I will definitely have problems with that. Okay, well, other things about NetSuite, overall their target market is still very SMB and uh, they have the licensing model that can support a lot of different companies, they are very diverse overall from solution perspective, they are very cloud native, has really good mobile experience. They have very deep functionality for the, let's say, if you're looking for WMS, but with NetSuite, everything gets very tricky because they have a lot of different additions that they can support. And sometimes these additions could be very confusing. So for example, let's say if you look at the Suite Success program, as part of Suite Success, you are going to have deep industry functionality as you are going to get, let's say, if you go for Acumatica, Acumatica has their own additions. These additions are going to sit in the same product, so you don't have to buy five different products uh, to utilize the, the, that functionality. Uh, but we have seen challenges in the reviews, at least that there are some challenges overall uh, with respect to how these modules communicate. Uh, you know, overall, because the way Netsuite grew over the period of time, they acquired a lot of their own resellers, and that's how they got their capabilities. Uh, this is how Acumatica got their capabilities, Acumatica is slightly tighter overall They're in their compliance and how they certify their partners. So the quality of code is probably going to be richer, but you never know. I mean, when somebody else is developing, uh, it's very, very hard to know the quality, uh, how the the code is going to work. So overall, uh, I guess from the positioning perspective, uh, do we did I miss anything that we typically cover uh, as part of our briefing?
0: No, I, th- I think you covered it. I think it's it, it's. I, I would add, and you kind of touched on it, it. With NetSuite, it can be a little tricky finding out where the where the gaps are, and in, in, in their pricing as well as in their functionality. Uh, there, but you know, they've got a they've got a lot of really cool stuff too. You know, they're 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 that big for a reason.
2: Exactly, and they are number one for a reason as well. To be honest, I mean, they are definitely liked by a lot of customers, but we have mixed reviews. I would say when we check the reviews. There are a lot, lot of complaints as well. So we are going to see where they are going to be good fit and where they are not going to be good fit.
3: It's, it's like most ERPs. It's when you, they stay within their fairway and do what they're good at. People love them. It's when they start to diversify and get into other areas that, are, that they might not be perfect at. You know, everyone wants to diversify to, to increase their footprint, right? Sometimes they trip.
2: Exactly. And, you know, when you and this is where the salespeople can do a wonderful job, to be honest, if you sell the ERP to the right account, I mean, it can do wonders. Uh, And then we would not have as much problem that we are having. (laughs) But it's very hard when you are in the ERP space because you have to know a lot. Okay, guys, so if you don't have any other comments, here are the the products and the industries that we were talking about. And again, if I look at and Andy, maybe you can uh, tell me, but this seems to be alphabetical as well. Um, you know, uh, right, the ordering okay. for the industries, so we don't know uh, where they have the larger market share.
3: No, yeah, definitely. It, it, well, it, it's not alphabetical, it's all over the map.
2: Well, but so it starts with a C, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm
3: I was looking at the wrong screen, I was looking at your products on the left. I'm sorry, yeah, okay, no, yeah. it's alphabetical, yep, yeah, and all we, the way through, yeah, you're right,
2: right. So, yeah, There's so no one and reason. Exactly. So sometimes that's very hard for me to know. I mean, I like to analyze the market based on, okay, wherever you want your customer to click the number one, tell us that's your largest market. Okay. That's how I like to read. But, you know, ERP what is your core competency? Right. Exactly. That's what I like to see. But, you know, ERP companies uh, market uh, it differently for some reason. I mean, they simply want to go for the alphabetical order. Um, okay. So here, my take in this list is going to be, I'll give you my take and then probably you guys can comment. I think the advertising and digital marketing agencies are going to be great fit because of that functionality that I just mentioned. Uh, Because you are going to have very deep financial functionality, the procurement functionality. uh, You're also going to get ASC 606, uh, revenue recognition, the subscription billing. That's where I think they are going to be needing that a lot. Next week, CRM is also really good. People really like NetSuite CRM. I mean, if you don't want to go for Salesforce, you can probably deal with NetSuite CRM. It's not going to be as good as Salesforce. It's not going to have marketing automation like what you are going to get with Salesforce, but it's not bad. I mean, see, if you are looking for the integration, integrated solution, then you know, you don't have to invest in the integration, then NetSuite CRM could be, could be a great fit as well. Here, uh, apparel, footwear, accessories. That's where they win most. OK, because of the matrix inventory support, they have one of the best support for the matrix inventory. And, you know, in my mind now, when I look at the information model and the screens and the way NetSuite is designed, uh, if I look at the design psychology, it almost feels that they were designed for B2C, to be honest. OK, that's how uh, size uh, I... style
3: color built in. Sir? Sorry, what's that? Size, style, color in the part numbering scheme. Is that all built in?
2: Exactly. Exactly. They have it really is. strong wow. They have really strong support for the matrix inventory. And again, I'm going back to my sort of, I, I always try to analyze the, the overarching picture. Okay. How they started, how they evolved as the solution. And when I look at these screens, it almost feels that they are very B2C and they've been a lot in the B2C space, in the commerce space. And the people that I have spoken to Shopify, NetSuite, they are deadly combination. Everybody just loves those two, okay? They go, and if you speak to anybody in Shopify community, they will be absolute, uh, you know, fan of NetSuite. They will not listen to you that any other ERP system as respectable of how cool that could be. They only really, want- Really Shopify. strong
3: B2C, yeah? Huh?
2: That's how I have perceived so far. Uh, they also claim the omnichannel architecture. We are going to discuss that if they have any capabilities there. By the way, NetSuite does have its own commerce component, but in my experience when I was reviewing it, it just felt very weak. And the re- we have checked some of the reviews as well of the users, they support it that uh, the commerce is not going to be as slick as your Shopify big commerce, uh, because obviously NetSuite commerce is not designed for that. But if you don't worry about the, if you don't want to worry about the integration, you don't have that much money to be able to integrate, uh, maybe you want to live with sweet <laughs> commerce. Uh, it's not bad at all. Here, then we are talking about campus stores. So now, commerce, retail, you will see a theme in these industries. Retail-centric businesses naturally does really, really well. The product is really designed for retail-centric firms, and that's where you are going to see a lot of gaps when you look at the B2B sort of companies. You are going to see gaps in the product that you know they don't really have as much coverage right now for B2B.
3: Why Here. do you think they specifically say campus stores and not just- That one re- caught, that oh, one caught my attention too. That
0: is a niche market and yeah. you're right. It is It it, it reflects inventory, a uh, little distribution and B2C storefronts, but that one doesn't fit just on magnitude. Right, it's odd. Honestly speaking, I actually like it a lot.
2: I like it a lot. You need to be that specific when you are in the ERP because each business and industry is going to require very specific expertise. In this particular case, they do really well with those campus stores, to be honest, because they have the professional services functionality as part of the same product, and then they have the retail functionality, because when you are gonna have these stores, you are going to have, uh, you know, so you need to talk to the university, you might have many different loyalty programs that these students might be utilizing. So you have a very different workflow than your traditional commerce. So I actually like it a lot, to be honest, that they have really, Identify that as the, uh, as their, their target
0: market. Yeah, I agree with that, Sam. It's just, it's just, a, with that list it sticks out as, as I know. different. I, I, completely I, I completely agree.
2: I completely agree. Now the next market that we have is consulting consulting is go, Definitely going to be right fit. They've been a lot in the consulting, <clears throat> education, energy. Okay. Oracle target market. Oracle does really, really well in the utilities, energies, uh you know education their whole uh strategies aligned to these non erp verticals so obviously they are trying to target that as well now I don't know if they are going to have as deep functionality for the energy segment but I have seen reviews and heard reviews that they do decent overall in the energy market uh the financial services is is very critical as well typically this is going to be sage in tax market uh, Sage and Tech really like to target this, uh, but NetSuite uh, targets a lot as well. Uh, so financial services is going to be, in my mind, similar to your, your professional services, but they have very different needs overall in terms of their the way their credit card or the financial offerings are going to be. They are going to be very commerce-centric. The consumer base is going to be very very consumerized as well. That's probably the reason why they are going after financial services. Now, we have food and beverage. Food and beverage is an outlier, okay? So most likely they are probably going after some of these, the food and beverage distributors. By the way, they might be winning a lot in these spaces just because of some of the add-ons that they might have. Uh, And sometimes it's very hard to know whether they are winning because of the add-ons or they are winning because of the core product. Uh, So it seems like they do well in the food and beverage but the, the native product does not seem to have deep capabilities for food and beverage. If the food and beverage company is going to be just the distributor or the retailer, or if they are a DTC company, for them, NetSuite is going to be amazing. But overall, it's not uh, uh, as fit in, 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 in my list when I look at the NetSuite product. Health and beauty. Health and beauty is an amazing vertical for NetSuite in general. Okay? The reason for that is because most of the health and beauty are very retail-centric businesses. Okay? That's how they work. Uh, They have very small, uh, you know, product size. It's not going to be as expensive. Uh, The production process is not going to be as complex. Uh, So that's why health and beauty does really, really well with NetSuite because of that DTC uh, and um, the e-commerce component to it. Healthcare, not too sure. (laughs) This should be Sage and Tech's vertical. NetSuite also likes to target. Not too sure. IT services could be a great fit because of the professional services component. Manufacturing, not too sure. Okay, Uh, NetSuite does have the manufacturing component to it, but manufacturing capability overall is extremely light. Okay, they will struggle with a lot of different scenarios. When you look at the deep casting, when you look at deep capabilities in terms of running the manufacturing shop floor, you are not going to find all of that in NetSuite. NetSuite can probably do well with the distributor uh, that may have a little bit of manufacturing. They will require a lot of uh, add-ons and NetSuite does have very thick add on uh, that can do manufacturing, but then you are relying on somebody else's code and somebody else's solution. So that's not the the strongest vertical for NetSuite in general. Uh, median publishing, another vertical for Oracle uh, that we have reviewed, it's really, really strong. It's very strong for Salesforce as well. NetSuite and Salesforce, they go along really well together in general. Okay. So, median publishing is going to be, but again, in median publishing, you are going to require. Very deep functionality that we saw in case of Salesforce. I don't know if NetSuite will be able to support if you are going without Salesforce. If you are going with Salesforce, that's an ideal combination, uh, media and publishing, Salesforce with NetSuite. Nonprofit, in my mind, that's the vertical for Sage and Tech. They are really strong there. But it seems like NetSuite has the not, not-for-profit component as well. They have sweet success for that. Uh, you know, they, they do really, seems like they, they are doing well there as well. Professional services, we have already discussed. I have seen some really large implementation for professional services with NetSuite. Uh, That is just mind-blowing. Some of them could be comparable to your S4 HANA implementation. And that's where I am actually shocked that NetSuite has been installed in those large accounts. And some of those customers actually love NetSuite for that. Um, Restaurants and hospitality, that's again, very retail-centric vertical, but they have their own nuances how they work. So yes, they are winning probably for retail, And then obviously you have retail itself. And then you have the software technology companies, which is going to be similar to your IT services in my mind. And then you have the transportation and logistics. That's very interesting. I would love to see what they have there. Most likely an add-on. I don't think I could not find an ERP system that does really well in that space, to be honest, except Salesforce. Salesforce has really deep capabilities overall, uh, the add-ons that they have. I would love to see what NetSuite has, but that's definitely a stretch overall. Uh, from the ERP perspective. Uh, And then you have the wholesale distribution. Doubtful overall the way the product is designed. Uh, Yes, they do really well, but it's not as strong for wholesale distribution. Here uh, on the product side, we have the global business management. We are going to take a deeper look at that, what that means and what kind of capabilities you can expect. Uh, Human capital management is a big one. Okay, NetSuite is one of the products that likes to commercialize uh, human capital management. You are typically going to find that in the bigger solution space for example your oracle erp microsoft dynamics 365 that's where you are going to find the hcm component but there are layers to how the hcm component is supported with NetSuite. some of that is white label through Ceridian, i think in canada i don't know whether they have capabilities in the us or not even acumatica i think they have only us payroll for other countries it might not be supported so, yeah, so pay close attention to what you are getting as part of ACM, whether that is really owned by Oracle or that is really a white labeled solution. Uh, I was and talking
3: then- to a, a, one client of mine a few months ago when they were investigating NetSuite. And it, w- it was interesting because, you know, looking at these screens you're showing off right here, Sam, it was interesting because they wanted to know what, I mean, the, the whole sales pitch was around their app store. And it could do anything, right? Depending on which app you purchased, it was, and there was hundreds of them. And so what the fellow said, it was, okay, that's great, but don't tell me what your App Store offers. Tell me what NetSuite offers and what it can't do. So then, therefore, I know which App Store pieces I have to look at. And, and they wouldn't give it to them. They wouldn't tell them what NetSuite does on its own versus what's in the App Store. Isn't
2: that odd? Yeah, I mean that could be a, a very unique situation as well with the salesperson, depending. It might have been. A,
3: yeah, are right. It might have been unique with that salesperson. You're right.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say on HCM, Sam, that that one stuck out to me as not really responsive to the customer level that they're going after. You, you, if you're gonna buy a centralized HCM solution, you, I, I would think you're a you're a larger you're 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 probably above where Netsuite lives. Is is my was my reaction when I saw that? Just a okay. more complicated a more complicated company. There's a lot of, you you can can do a lot of things to manage human capital without having it be part of your centralized ERP system.
2: I I completely agree, but we are going to look at the the kind of accounts that NetSuite is able to win. They are able to win really large accounts. Okay, we are going to review that. So it's not just the SMB solution where you're going to have 100 employees and NetSuite is working. NetSuite has won in accounts where they have 10,000 employees. That's how penetrated they are even in the larger yes, I think
0: I saw something on that there was a release but it was surprising when I saw that too they they secured a customer was maybe on their website that that's learning for me that they're that they're successful on those larger accounts
2: and typically Phil if it is going to be just one customer I'm very good at flagging that to be honest but in this case uh, you know they have a lot of customers that are really large uh, you know that is surprising that those large customers are able to really buy NetSuite, which is Phenomenal, to be honest. Okay, so we are going to be talking about some other screens here. So uh, we looked at similar theme in case of Acumatica. I don't know whether you guys remember this or not. Acumatica had a couple of competitors listed. I like this because you are at least telling what your position is in the market. Now, it could be all over the place. That's a different case. But these are the companies, these are the systems from where they are, or these are the companies with which, netsuite is typically competing so for example they are competing with quickbooks then they are competing with microsoft now they are not clear in terms of which solution are we talking about with microsoft most likely microsoft business central okay i'm gonna help oracle NetSuite there. now the next thing that we have is sage intact sage intact is the right fit i mean netsuite is definitely competing with sage intact but i don't see acumenica here which is a shark Okay, because you see QuickBooks, but you don't see Acumatica. That that's a shock because you should probably have Acumatica, or maybe Acumatica customers are not really switching to NetSuite. You know, that could be a possibility. That's why they probably don't. Now we have SAP. Now SAP, I think you need to clarify that a little bit because this must be either SAP Business One, which must be on-prem customer. They are probably moving to cloud. That could be the reason why uh, they are moving to NetSuite. But you know, sometimes SAP S/4 HANA, we have seen cases where customers have switched, okay? But they did not like NetSuite uh, because of the they did not get the, the kind of financial control that they were hoping to get that you would get with SAP. Again, for those large companies, the needs are going to be very different. So here, uh, you know, they have SAP, they have Dell Tech, they compete with Dell Tech, which is phenomenal, okay? And Dell Tech, we have seen Dell Tech has been able to win really massive logos in the professional services space. And if NetSuite is able to compete, obviously NetSuite is really good, uh, especially in the PSA space.
3: I always thought and that, that Dell Tech was strongest at project management.
2: Yes, uh, and that is what is the professional services. So NetSuite is winning a lot in the professional services. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's where they are actually winning the larger logos. They are not winning larger logos in case of your retail manufacturing distribution. They are winning larger logos in professional services because it's just easier to manage those accounts then managing a retail account that is going to be Fortune 100. Here, then we have (laughs) Epicore, which is very interesting. Most likely they have highlighted Epicore here is because of the distribution, which is going to be P21 product, not really the manufacturing, but we are going to see in the reviews uh, as well, what reviews, what users have mentioned in terms of other comparable solutions that they have explored when they were exploring that suite. I can take some comments here, otherwise I can move to the next one. Do those uh,
3: drop downs? Do they have Do they have drill downs from there? Is there some kind of justification in behind while they're making those claims? Like these are the ones we compete against, for example. No.
2: So from the marketing perspective, Andy, those are customer journeys. Okay. So uh, let's say if you are my customer, if eighty percent of the customer are buying Netsuite, who are going to be on QuickBooks, I would like to have an option for those QuickBooks customers. So can I can educate them what they are going to get in Netsuite? So this is right. done from the customer. And as a marketer, this is how marketing is supposed to be done, to be honest. So this is a marvelous job. Okay. When you are trying to set those customer journeys, you want to create the customer journeys for every single competing solution from where you are getting the customer. So wonderful job, NetSuite. You're really good at that. In and besides,
3: those are probably keywords anyway. So when you're typing in the word Epicor or what app, Microsoft, it's going to take you to
2: NetSuite site. A little bit. I mean, obviously, those people are investing in marketing as well. It's not that they are just watching Netsuite play,
0: <laughs> you know. It's so, a different. It's a different question, but it's actually Netsuite comes up first in a lot of ERP searches it that I've sure done. Sure does. It, it sure comes does. up. They they're buy they're buying their Google words. They sure are.
2: Yeah. So obviously, I mean, they are investing a lot in marketing. Obviously, they have deep pockets. There is no question about that. If a company is doing well, they are going to have sales and marketing funds. <laughs> it only speaks for their success in my mind. Okay, guys. So this is where the real secret sauce of NetSuite is, which was mind blowing for me, to be honest. I was always thinking maybe they are localized in 10 countries, five countries. Maybe they are not as big as some of the other solutions that we have in the market. But I am blown away with the amount of localization and the globalization functionality that NetSuite can support out of the box. You will be blown away with the multi-entity functionality that NetSuite has, to be honest, okay? It is one of the best solution for those global companies uh, if they are going to be requiring a lot of multi-entity functionality in very critical countries where you are not gonna find the cloud-native solution or you need to default to either having two ERP system or going for mom and pop ERP system in, in those countries. That is the choice that you typically have but NetSuite can support a lot okay so two companies that have blown my mind is number one odoo odoo is very globalized solution as well they can support up to 50 countries okay now net has very deep globalization capabilities which is just phenomenal and now we are going to look at you know kind of capabilities that they can support now you can look at all of your subsidiary in different countries you can consolidate their financial statements you can see just one view and in my mind This is where SAP used to shine, okay? SAP was really powerful in this, okay? But NetSuite can do that as well. That's why, you know, I feel that NetSuite is a very powerful solution overall. But is it comparable to S4 HANA? No, okay? Definitely not. It it is not going to have as strong financial control and the functionality that your public companies are going to require. But for the SMB market, this is gold. This is pure gold in my mind. It doesn't. It's
3: not a compete. It's not a competition to S for Hana. But the but the flip side is, NetSuite is so much easier.
2: Well, so I would say easy is a very subjective term. Okay, easy yeah, for sure Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah.
2: So I have seen both cases. I would say you know sometimes people find SAP very easy. Sometimes people find um, you know NetSuite very easy, depending upon your educational level, depending upon uh, you know prior experience. If you have used SAP your whole life, you will probably find SAP easier. okay any other comments or questions i can take now this is where the real gold is okay i don't think you are going to find this kind of functionality in any other mid-market system okay this is the audit trail guys for the public companies tell me a solution that is going to be cloud native okay that is going to be that is going to be serving the needs of a public company that is smb okay that's where the real gold is for NetSuite and I don't know if NetSuite really likes to commercialize in that, but I'm just blown away. I don't think any other ERP system can really do that. They like to commercialize on a lot of different things, but this is very rarely commercialized. And that's probably the reason why a lot of public accounting firms, they used to use Sage, Microsoft, but now they are using NetSuite a lot, one of the largest accounting firms. Uh, obviously they, they love Sage in tech, but they love NetSuite as well. Okay now this is where your global functionality comes very handy now if you are going to pay attention to the kind of countries that netsuite is able to support that's where their real depth is when you look at countries like australia and new zealand they are going to have very deep financial needs and if you if you not support that out of the box then you need to develop those and sometimes those capabilities could be very expensive risky Uh, you will require several add-ons or just another erp for those countries now NetSuite can do a lot of that. This is pure gold uh, that I have not seen in any other system. And in my mind, I think this was shocking uh, for me that NetSuite has such broader capabilities overall in the globalization and localization and the finance capabilities that they have. Uh, They have support in AMIA, uh, GL matching in some of the countries such as, and we looked at Sage as well. Sage was relying on another solution for, France, Uh, NetSuite has capabilities for France as well, which is phenomenal. They have Southeast Asia. Again, that's a very tricky market overall, uh, you know, with respect to their transaction. So just overarching view of the kind of support that they have for the global business, it's just mind-blowing. Okay, and this is how your consolidation functionality, and this is what, Phil, you are passionate about. You want to see everything at one place of multiple countries, multiple subsidiaries. You want to analyze, okay, where are your revenue where are your cost is, what can I do in this company to be able to fix this? That's the gold for my CFO or the finance person. Uh, and this is why I, I think NetReed is also liked by a lot of uh CFOs and the public company CFOs especially if they are going to be in the SMB space
0: yeah you're right Sam I love this slide because usually (laughs) there is especially when you got some different ERPs in different countries or different facilities different companies and countries it is monthly close and annual close is just a lot of steps and a lot of potential for mistakes
2: Exactly. And it's a nightmare, to be honest. If I'm the CFO, you know how much effort you need to put in to be able to get this data. You don't really have insight on your fingertips. And by the way, even if you can get the report, you are not going to have the traceability. (laughs) You will not be able to find, okay what is happening here? You have the real traceability as well of all of those subsidiaries you can look up into the same database, which is just mind blowing. Most
0: most companies in this space and even the larger ones, they've got you know, several people with a complex set of spreadsheets that are doing their close above, over on the top of their ERP systems.
2: Right, exactly, 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 yep. Uh, All right, guys, so I'm actually going to move to the next one. Now, this is something that we saw in case of QAD, if you guys remember, okay, they were developing the supplier relationship management functionality and not a lot of companies have that, to be honest. Even SAP struggles with it, okay? And I have seen real challenges with the SRM solution or the partner relationship management solution that is very rare to find in most CRP system. And this is where I think NetSuite is very CRM centric, very commerce centric. So that's the reason why they have uh, a lot of, uh, you know, SRM capabilities as well. Uh, so here they are saying joint selling, enable resellers to place and track orders independently while still providing your internal sales staff with complete visibility and transparency. Pay both employees and partners on the same sales transaction, guys, okay? That's typically very hard in general when you are going to have a lot of partners. Typically, ERP systems can't even identify, okay, what is the partner and what is the customer? If some ERP systems are going to find it hard, especially if the partner is also going to act as the customer, they are also going to act as, I don't know, how many different structure you might have in your ERP. So it gets very, very, very tricky there. Uh, But seems like Sales uh, NetSuite has very deep structure in their object hierarchy at least from the customer and vendor master perspective that's the only reason why they are able to do all of this uh, otherwise it would not be possible here they are saying i, I got to hey. say
0: I, this what, this is a great slide again and this because it's solving a problem that so many companies has as they've grown where that they're paying out a commission or they or they're breaking up where you know who's getting what and it's outside system and it's a workaround and it's a complex magic spreadsheet somewhere and it's a royal pain This is really, really nice functionality.
2: Exactly. Or you are going to be relying on Salesforce, to be honest, and then you are going to be paying a lot for the integration as well as for Salesforce. And by the way, it's not going to work. (laughs) So yeah, so if you are getting that as part of one system, obviously that's going to be sweet. Here they are saying joint demand generation. This has been the problem for a lot of companies. We saw in case of QAD, I think they are trying to do a lot of that, but I don't think NetSuite is going to be good at the automotive sort of value chain these guys are going to be good at when you are doing the joint planning when you are an IT reseller okay that's where their play is it's a very different joint planning when you are an IT business and you may have multiple resellers versus when you are an automotive business and when you might have multiple distributors these two are different things in the case of NetSuite they are going to be slightly more suitable to the IT side of business because that's where they have they have their depth the partner commissions and royalties uh, automatically uh, process partner commissions, again, commissions may be calculated based on same parameters used for employees, such as commission on sales, uh, quantities, profitability, or custom criteria. I'm pretty sure even NetSuite is probably running on NetSuite. Hopefully they are not like Microsoft, uh, you know, and for their own business model, they probably need all of this functionality if they are really running on NetSuite. Uh, that's another point to to be noted.
0: Yeah. I like the joint selling, Sam, but at joint demand generation, In the ERP, I mean, especially if you've got Salesforce or something on top or next to this, I wouldn't have that in the ERP. I'd be skeptical, but maybe there's something there that that I could learn.
2: Yeah, but I mean, depending upon how much money you have and how much appetite you have to be able to take the risk. So here you are getting everything as part of your ERP, as opposed to worrying about the integration. If you're looking at even a smaller integration, you you are looking at easily $200,000, $300,000. That's how much the integration is going to cost not only in building, but over time, you need to maintain that as well. So the tool set, the people involved, the internal capability. Yeah, so if you're getting that as part of the solution, uh, that's, that's really good. Okay, now this is where the weakness is in my mind. Okay, by the way, some strengths, some strengths, okay? That I have not seen in any other ERP system. For example, when you look at the deep multi-entity functionality, Acumatica is going to claim that, you know, they are multi-entity as well. But multi-entity could mean a lot of different things. Okay, this is where the real depth is of the multi-entity functionality. So here on the item screen, what you are looking at is okay, whether this item is going to be available in let's say you might have a country or you might have a subsidiary. So you have the centralized control to be able to manage these items. For example, let's say if you look at a medical device company, okay, if you're working with them, you are approved, let's say, in the US, but you are not approved in the Europe so you want to make sure that europe is not seeing the medical device that is approved for the us otherwise it's going to be a chaos so uh, you know uh, if you are going to go for any other erp system that cannot support this natively you are going to be requiring a lot of custom integration and a lot of different systems and it's still probably not going to work so this is where netsuite is really really strong now some of the other things overall the the unit of measure is great uh, the stock unit purchase unit sales unit base unit that's a very distribution retail centric functionality you are going to find in most distribution retail centric systems Uh, by the way they also have the sub item functionality okay the item family functionality that's a very different functionality for a lot of companies okay a lot of systems will not be able to support that if you have the item family and if you're uh, doing the planning based on your item family for retail companies they typically need that the companies that are going to be retail centric this is where I feel the system is very retail centric overall uh, in terms of its, its architecture and the way it, it is designed. I can take any comments.
0: Yeah, I can make it on this one too. I I just think the 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 UX is interesting because it's it's from from my taste. I know that's personal taste. It's almost like a hybrid between something a little bit more traditional and something a little bit more modern. You know, with the way, for example, that they have the tabs across the top and the pull downs and that versus some of the maybe, uh, you know, just prettier UXs, <laughs> this looks more functional to me. I, I, it appeals to me. I would put it that way. I know that's personal taste. Honestly speaking,
2: I'm actually going to have to agree there, to be honest. Typically in the cloud-native system, I would expect slightly more organized UX experience. Again, NetSuite is a very cloud-native system, but UX is not as organized as what we have seen in the other systems. Okay, if now this is where the weakness that probably is of the suite. and this is going to be the pricing overall demand planning. The pricing is all over the place as well and this is where I guess fill your comment related to the UX. If you're going to look at some of the other ERP systems, they are going to have slightly more organized functionality so that you can compute these pricing scenarios easily. You can see all of different layers that are that you have in your pricing because obviously the pricing gets very complex. When you look at industrial distributor distribution here, it just seems all over the place, by the way. This is coming from the item screen. So these are different feature set that you have for item, right? So in case of item, you have the price breaks, but then these are sort of the hard-coded. There is no sort of flexibility in terms of what you can do. So again, that seems very basic. But again, for retail companies, this might be okay. But when you look at the distribution companies, they are probably going to require much deeper functionality overall in terms of your customer groups, the warehouses, different locations, uh, You know how the pricing is going to be affiliated with many different business objects. It just seems very basic in my mind. I don't know how companies are using. Now, the second thing is also for demand planning. If I look at my SAP, SAP is going to have 10 10 different options for the demand planning when you look at the distribution planning. But in their case, they don't seem to have uh, the similar depth that I would expect for a system as big as NetSuite. Any comment I can take those? And by the way, I mean, see, I just could not see manufacturing functionality to be honest, and a lot of different demo, uh, YouTube demos that we were trying to explore. So I, it's very, very hard to visualize how manufacturing is going to be done in this system. They might have the manufacturing flavor, but it just seems very, it, It's. it does not feel to be designed to the way the manufacturing object structure would work you know, because it gets really complex when you're looking at bomb costing and how that is driving the pricing. It is very different.
0: They
3: have the app store.
2: Yep. Okay. Now let's look at some of the reviews and then we are going to validate whatever we claimed if that is aligned with the reviews or not. So number one review is coming from a company. This is the IT company, 200 and 500 employee, naturally good fit for growing companies. We agree with you. Here they are saying currently currently use it to manage transactions, processing basic financial reporting, balance sheet, cash flow implementing budget uh, budgeting and forecasting processes okay i would say this is wonderful okay NetSuite is is really good at that okay if you're using NetSuite for that they are saying project module is not as good after implementation user support okay i'm not going to worry about that i'm looking at just the system capabilities here right so project module is not as good which is again the psa may not be as strong because in my mind they are not targeting Reality professional services companies, when you are going to look at solutions such as financial force, Dell Tech, they are going to be very strong overall in their project capabilities. In fact, SAP Business by Design is probably going to be really strong at the project management capabilities. But NetSuite is not as great as for this user, at least. Uh, Now, it's saying it helps companies to aspire to go public, which is what we felt. Yes, if you are trying to go public, this is one of the best solutions out there. You should blindly go for Netflix because I don't know if any any other solution, maybe SAP or Sage may be a great fit for you as well. But NetSuite is an amazing fit if you're looking for cloud-native solution and you are trying to go public. Here we have the American Aerospace Airline Aviation, 11 to 50 employees, a lot of positives, but not perfect. I can see why you would feel that, because obviously this is probably not aligned. The system is being utilized for financial manufacturing and sales function, most likely the user is going to feel that manufacturing is not as great. Here they are saying customizing reports can be tedious. Sure, again, NetSuite is cloud native, but it's a very old technology still for the cloud world. Okay, So it's not going to be as easy. Implementation was a little complex. I don't know how many add-ons were involved there. Sometimes it could be because of that. So I'm not going to call NetSuite out on that. Here they are saying smaller companies will find it difficult to implement the system. And I completely agree with this user. Because 11 to 50 employees, NetSuite could be a little bigger. Okay. You probably are better off if you went for something like Odoo. Okay. Or ERP Next. Or maybe Acumatica. Then you will find it slightly easier. NetSuite could be bigger just because of the, the over-bloated multi-entity functionality that NetSuite has. It's actually targeted for slightly upper-mid, mid-size organizations. Some more reviews here. Here they are claiming we grew our sales by 200% since implementing NetSuite CRM. Phil, you didn't like the CRM, but seems like they have done wonders uh, with the CRM. And I'll tell you why they have done wonders. Because of the connectivity of the systems, and they didn't have to break their bank overall in getting that CRM functionality. And that could be massive for retail companies for distributor when you are going to have built as part of uh, the, the box. Here, they are saying one of my favorite small customization was a workflow that creates a follow-up task in NetSuite when a customer's Contact is one month from expiring. NetSuite has really strong the script flow module. You can do a lot of different workflow, but that you are probably going to find in most systems. Info does it, Epicore does it. It might not be, in the, their case, they are utilizing, I guess, JavaScript. JavaScript may be slightly easier for the e-commerce companies because they already do a lot of web development. And that's why e-commerce companies really love this because you can easily customize this. But uh, if you are going for Info or EpiCore, you probably need to know a lot more (laughs) before you can customize those systems. Here, they are saying reports of all of the customers in the last 10, 20, 30 days that have not had a status change, if they are active pipeline. Again, when you are uh, enabling those alerts, that's where it could be tricky. By the way, they actually switched from HubSpot to NetSuite CRM, which is a very reverse move, the way I like to think of the market, because HubSpot is one of the best CRM out there, especially for the marketing automation piece why would somebody move to NetSuite CRM? I'll tell you the trick, okay? Uh, the trick here is really the integration. And that's why these guys love it because when you are gonna have HubSpot integration, again, I am going to restate my position. I have very little trust in the integration, <laughs> very little trust in the IT systems. If I am getting that in one piece that is tested by a thousand different organizations, my preference is always going to be bad. So that could be the reason why this user actually likes NetSuite CRM over HubSpot, even though HubSpot may be far easier, far better documented, far better tool, but you will like NetSuite CRM just because of that integration. Okay, Uh, your company should have annual revenue of at least 4 million. I completely agree. Do not deploy NetSuite unless you have 4 million. Please don't. Okay, run it manually, Uh, use Odoo. use QuickBooks, do whatever you have to, sorry, NetSuite, uh, before you are 4 million in revenue. Uh, You will need to use NetSuite as your ERP to make it sense for, again, uh, if you use it for ERP, then CRM, integration, uh, great fit. Now, the next story that we have or the review that we have is going to be from the uh, media and entertainment company. And guys, pay attention to this one. 10,000 employees, 10,000 employees are not there for the company that was doing retail or distribution. Media company. Now, this is where they are really fit. So we use NetSuite as the main ERP across over 50 subsidiaries. Can you believe this? Okay. And they are using it for and to expand over 200 subsidiaries globally. And this one, the functionality we use includes R2R, P2P, OTC, FAM, and SRP. The fixed asset is the weakness. Role access control uh, is a weakness. NetSuite is excellent for medium to large businesses. Phil, you always have this comment and the reservation about the mint market. Here is your mint market, system. System. If you are trying, if you are roughly at a billion dollars, I would say NetSuite is an amazing system in, in general. If you are buying for yeah,
0: the. Yeah, the only clarification I would have put that on is, is it, it, they're in media uh, entertainment, right? Because you already cover distribution and manufacturing, but absolutely. Exactly. That what I, there's, a, there's some functionality here as far as their multi country and their multi entity that is really impressive. E- exactly, exactly.
2: And I would completely agree with you there. Uh, you
0: know, if you are a retail organization, have 10,000 employees.
2: Maybe not. <laughs> okay, so some more we can discuss, and then we can take some more comments from you guys. So here they are saying good for me- retail companies, not so good for medical device companies. Uh, by the way, we have not seen any manufacturing so far; just a little bit of manufacturing. So obviously, they are not winning as much uh, in the manufacturing space. So here, this is the biotechnology company. They didn't like NetSuite. Uh, you know, NetSuite ERP is mainly manufacturing tool to monitor inventory levels uh, and manage bills. I don't know how that is manufacturing. Uh, I think it's okay for retail companies, but not acceptable by any companies that do their own in-house manufacturing. It does not have proper lot numbering capability. And that's where the water is slightly deeper, I would say. And that's where I found it slightly harder to believe that NetSuite does not have those deeper capabilities when it comes to pricing, lot numbering. Uh, I just don't know why they don't have that. Maybe it was designed to be, as she is saying, for more of the retail uh, companies. They probably don't require all of that. Uh, and that's why it is probably lacking in those areas. Uh, then it is saying, which makes it necessary to monitor lot numbers outside of the e- NetVTRP to prevent duplication. Again, crazy. Uh, if you are a medical device company, please, please, <laughs> lot number is, is light blood for you. <laughs> don't buy anything that does not support uh, lot number for you, even if it is going to be cloud native. Here they are saying new items do not have an external ID number unless they are imported via CSV import, there seems to be a little problem there overall with the Excel interfacing, it seems. Yeah. Some more views, NetSuite CRM for customer support when issuing a warranty replacement. Again, if you're a retail centric shop and if you have light warranty, I, I think NetSuite does really well there. NetSuite CRM has been useful to us when we are setting up warranty work for customers. We are also able to set up warranty replacement parts for specific items. Again, that's a very basic RMA process. I don't know uh, that should be supported by most ERP system, but seems like there is something going on there that this person really likes that. Uh, Revenue based order versus warranty based order. Again, very simplified RMA process. Most ERP system should be able to support unless you are looking at very basic ERP system that is not designed for that. Not as user friendly for customer service agents. Again, if you're looking at a ticketing system, you might find them easier. Uh, ERP is obviously going to be a little harder So, but, you know, if you want all of that information and data, you need to deal with the complexity. That's pretty much it for the presentation. Now we can take some comments from you guys. Well,
3: you've already mentioned this a few times, Sam, but, uh, you know, I didn't, I mean, other than very, very high level, I didn't notice anything to do with manufacturing.
2: It was very hard for me to find any manufacturing functionality, to be honest. Except Uh, in that
3: dropdown under M on the alphabetical list. (laughs) That's where it <laughs> mostly emphasizes manufacturing is on that drop down.
2: Yeah. I mean, they do have the sweet success for manufacturing. Again, I don't know how deep that okay. is unless we look at the demo and the screenshot and see how deeply, I mean, Acumatica is an amazing solution. to be and able. Is that
3: built into yeah. NetSuite, the sweet success for manufacturing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going okay. to be the manufacturing addition, but I don't know how capable that is. They have a lot of partners. They typically like to direct the manufacturing customers to one of the partners. So I Probably. don't know how deep the, and again, when I say depth, I'm looking at, at least give me bomb, give me the costing, <laughs> at least give me the scheduling. Okay, basic data entry, can I do that? I mean, at least you should be able to do that. And I don't know if the the native NetSuite can do at least all of that. I'm not looking at the complex manufacturing functionality where you are looking at deeper bomb manipulation um, you are looking at deeper change orders, uh, deeper, you yeah, know, deeper yeah. processes. We are not yeah. even talking about advanced that right
3: features. now. The basic stuff should be there.
0: Yeah, super. You yeah. Know, I relate to that. that, that to... Sorry, that, go sorry go Andy, to... go ahead.
3: I was just going to okay. say, I mentioned I was talking to this company a few months ago that was investigating this suite and, and this whole thing about the app store and how they wouldn't really, and it might have been the salesperson, you're right, but they wouldn't really expose what was in the app store versus what was in the core and it was like, this whole muddy thing. But one of the things he did find, he did uncover, because this was a Canadian company, was that if you had, it's so weird. So if, if you had multiple entities, multiple financial entities, one in Canada, one in the U.S., so therefore currencies, separate currencies, that was an
0: add-on. It cost extra. Uh,
3: That's unusual
0: given the loca- the local flavor they had on that one slide. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, they Sometimes even talk they an
2: off experience to be honest. So I don't want to base, uh, you know, our commentary based on that. Sometimes, yeah,
3: I understand. I understand. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So, so I, I, there's some things here that are that are super exciting. And and uh, and and by the way, I was going to mention demand planning was also as light of demand planning pages. I think I've <laughs> never seen it demand it. So, <laughs> so that's also a tell on what's going on with manufacturing <laughs> and inventory management. But that was right? probably got, demand planning
3: for distribution, though. Is what, Even you know, for has, distribution, you need more, right,
2: Phil?
0: You need oh, more. Absolutely, still. that thing had four drop downs. There's no way you can do demand planning with that screen. But, but I digress. That they, they're uh, they're 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 multi uh, country. They're multi entity. The way that they the financials worked. Um, I I am I'm I'm intrigued that their CRM might have a lot more power to it than what I had thought it was. And like you say, if you're especially a mid market and you're and you're connecting the CRM is 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 internal to the ERP and you don't have to do an integration there. That's pretty that's pretty slick. That's pretty slick.
2: And one of the things that you are going to notice in their demo they always start with CRM because CRM is really strong to be
0: honest. It makes sense, you know. Yeah, you and that and strength. that's some learning for me because I, I I looked at their CRM years ago and it was, you know, it was okay but it didn't it wasn't like up there with with what, you know, it it didn't it didn't connect and and maybe that's the distinction here. It didn't connect to a to a, you know, to a marketing cloud and to a service cloud as much. You know, as it did connect back in and say, okay, well, I can invoice and I can do commissions and I can keep track when a customer status hasn't changed. So so maybe they made progress on that again. So How I might long be, did
3: you review it, uh, Phil? Oh,
0: good. I'm going to say three, four years anyways, when I looked at the CRM. Just well, one more point, guys. What?
2: So we did not see anything related to field service. And most distributors are going to require some sort of field service component as yeah, well. So they are targeting very store-centric retail shops, I guess.
3: Yes. Yeah. But yeah. good
2: show tonight, Sam, as usual.
3: Absolutely. Way fun.
2: All right. Amazing. So if you guys don't have any other comments, I can wrap. Okay. Love it. Uh, that's it for today, guys. So if you are exploring NetSuite, again, for the finance functionality, for the multi-entity functionality, if you are a retail e-commerce organization, NetSuite is an amazing system. There's no question about that. But if you are deeper into your operations, you are looking for distribution functionality, manufacturing functionality, Uh, you know, make sure you are paying attention to the fine lines, what is going to be part of the native system versus what may be part of the add-on. On On that note, thank you uh, so much, everybody. And, uh, you know, if you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. So make sure you are not going to miss next week's show. We are going to be here. On that note, thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, everybody. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about ND Pratico, head over to esoft.com. It's com. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I ons.com links and more information will also be available in the show notes if anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business you might want to check other related episodes including the interview with colby young who shares his insights on the nuances of po life cycle and why it is critical for seasonal businesses such as cosmetics also the interview with jason greenwood who discusses the nuances of of the click and collect process and why you need centralized inventory and distribution strategy to enable this experience. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS
1: part. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.